Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. It's great to have you here. If you're learning a foreign language, you're in the right place. And if you're new to the podcast, well, great to have you here. Make sure you subscribe so you get new episodes. It would be such a tragedy if you were to discover the podcast and then uh, never hear from me again. What a, what a disaster that would be. <laughs> Seriously, the language learning is all about the long-term game. It's all about keeping it up over time. And so this, uh, this podcast is my my contribution to uh, to that end. All right, then. Um, now, I mentioned in the last episode that I'm learning Italian this year. Again, kind of. If you want to know why, you can go back to the last episode and listen to that. Um, let's say, let, let's just say I'm relearning Italian um, in order to uh, have better, deeper relationships with all my many wonderful Italian friends in London. Um, and I did sort of tease you in the last episode with um, a trip that I've planned, my my annual study trip um, with Jan my friend Jan, and we went, we went to Mexico last year. We went to Thailand the year before that. And uh, we documented it all on, on YouTube. So go and check out our YouTube channel if you want to have a look at that. Uh, and this year, I told you it was a secret, but to be honest, it was so easy to guess because I just spent the previous five minutes talking about Italian. So I may as well just tell you, we're going to Italy and we're going to spend... Um, pr- Maybe not two weeks. Um, Jan has a young child at home who uh, doesn't want to be without his dad for too, for, for, <laughs> for too long. So I think Jan's probably going to take a week. I might take a little bit longer. Um, but anyway, one of the things that we want to do this year is to um, actually make up for the fact that we failed to make an immersion environment last year when we went to Mexico. We kind of went to a very touristy place and ended up not actually speaking that much Spanish, or at least not on camera we did actually speak a fair amount but it wasn't uh, we didn't get it all on camera so in italy this year what i want to do is to have a real immersion environment and i want to do a homestay or something like that you actually go and stay somewhere where i have to use italian and it's like there's no other choice so i i thought i would mention this on the podcast are you in are you italian are you in italy do you fancy having me coming and staying with you for a week? Oh, God, I can't imagine anything worse for you. <laughs> but anyway, who knows? Do you perhaps uh, know somebody who does uh, who does homestays or would fit the bill? Would, would anyone that you can think of who would appreciate having a, um, a sort of crazy English guy who wants to learn their language come and hang out with them for a week? Or anything similar, anything along those lines? Do you know any tips for me? Any places you think I should go? Basically, I'm looking for kind of uh, for cool opportunities. So uh, if you know anything like that, let me know. Send me an email, ollie at iwillteachyoualanguage.com. That's O-L-L-Y at iwillteachyoualanguage.com. I want to really try a little bit harder to plan this year. Because I think last year we literally just got on a plane and thought, <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. So I want to be a bit smarter this year. Time to be smarter, Ollie. Come on. Up your game. All right. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. If you're looking for a high-quality language teacher, professional teacher to help you uncover the mysteries of the language that you're learning, then chances are you will find that teacher on italki. They will 
almost certainly be less expensive than you might think and extremely flexible so that you can book lessons at a time and a place that suit you. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Okay, so as I said uh, a couple of episodes ago, I've been experimenting with just tackling head on some kind of more controversial language learning topics, the kind of topics that tend to um, raise blood pressure and kick up opinions. And so I thought I would tackle translation this time um, because translation is one of those things where people have really heated feelings about, you know, some people say, no, you should never translate when you learn a language, while other people literally rely on it for their method. So I don't really come down so hard on uh, either way on this. I think my, my general view is that translation is a pretty good thing, providing you don't um, you don't have too much of a reliance on it and providing that over time you do sort of wean yourself off the need to translate and, and spend more time immersed in the language. But uh, what I thought I'd do is play you the audio from the YouTube video that I recorded um, about on, on this topic, because I thought I... Uh, managed to cover all the main points that I wanted to. And um, I thought I'd have a little experiment here with actually using the the audio from, from YouTube in the podcast. You can tell me if you hate it um, and I might listen to you. <laughs> I don't know, it depends how badly you hate it, I guess. I don't think I'll do this on, on an ongoing basis, but it's just kind of an experiment to see um, how it works. Anyway, without any further ado... Here are my thoughts on translation. And if you want to see the original video and all the other videos I'm uploading on a weekly basis, go to youtube.com forward slash I-W-T-Y-A-L. That's short for I Will Teach You a Language. Hey, it's Ollie, and welcome to Hong Kong. Not that you would know it from the, the background, but there we are. It's one of those unusual days where uh, the sun is beating down and yet it's actually really cold. Hence uh, the, the layers here. All right, so we're going to talk about translation and whether or not translation uh, has a place in, in language learning. And it's one of those kind of hot-button topics where you will find extreme views and standpoints all across the board from people uh, saying that translation is evil and it destroys your capacity to learn, blah, 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 uh, on the one hand, to, on the other hand, people saying that translation is an integral part of, of learning. And um, to spare you the entire video, in case you... You want to know the answer straight away. Uh, my position is that translation is extremely useful, but of course it depends how and when and why, particularly why, you use it. So translation deals primarily with meaning. Okay, meaning being um, as opposed to form. So form is um, the, the technicalities of how a word or a phrase is put together, the grammar if you like. Meaning is what does it actually mean? And this is important because you, translation can sometimes help you get there to the meaning of the word or phrase. Sometimes it can't. And this kind of gets to the root of the debate about translation. All right, so every language under the sun, I imagine, has a word for table. There might be a language that doesn't somewhere, but a word like table, if you take it by itself, is probably pretty easy to translate uh, directly into any other language. Now, on the other extreme, you've got um, idioms and colloquial expressions, uh, many of which uh, are not easy to translate. Even a, a simple phrase like hello in English is surprisingly difficult to translate into Asian languages, for example, because you, you begin interactions in different ways. So translation is, is some, sometimes will get you all the way to where you want to go in terms of dealing with meaning. Sometimes uh, it doesn't get you anywhere and can even be misleading. I know that there are certain language products out there where uh, translation has been used um, badly 
and it can kind of send you in a in the totally the wrong direction, like not understanding, uh, ha having a kind of a false understanding of, of what it actually is. So you can you can use translation across the board from a word, from a phrase, but also as part of a methodology. So a, a long-established language learning teaching methodology is called grammar translation. And in this method, what you do is you take uh, passages in the target language, and then you study it by translating it back to the, uh, the mother tongue. So, for example, it could be English, and looking at the differences between uh, the two and doing a kind of contrastive analysis to figure out... Um, try to figure out what's going on. So you use the translation of what you're looking at in order to help you understand that thing in the language. Um, and uh, that kind of approach actually I think is uh, is something that I do quite a bit in, in, in my uh, series of um, language study sequences uh, which are in a playlist on this channel. Um, I actually cover a video, uh, cover a technique called reverse translation which is exactly that. It's where you take a passage in a language, translate it into a uh, back into your mother tongue and then back into the language again. And the contrast between the two uh, helps you, can help you uh, wrap your head around all the different intricacies and it kind of, the, the act of translation forces you to, uh, to to think about details in a way which you might not otherwise do. Um, there are other ways you can use translation. You can have, uh, for example, uh, parallel texts where you've got the target language on one side and on the opposite page you've got the, the mother tongue. Um, you can do things like a, what are known as interlinear translations, where you have. Uh, this is my least favorite thing, by the way. Um, but that's where you have uh, the line by line translation. So you have the target language and then the mother tongue. You can have flashcards, a methodology using flashcards, where you have the mother tongue on one side and the, and the, and the second, the target language on the other side. So the, this is the thing with translation. You can use it and employ it in so many different ways, and, and ultimately, um, it has to come down to whether or not you find it beneficial. Now, my view is that uh, is something that is often found, commonly found in, in, in the literature, which is that translation is inevitable. As language learners with a mother tongue, it is inevitable that we will try to translate the things that we come across. So I think a kind of real, um, a kind of uncompromising approach to avoiding translation can actually be unhelpful. Uh, from a kind of practical point of view, because you're kind of fighting against your brain wanting to wanting to translate. And in cases where there is clearly a, a good translation from one thing to the next, you know, I don't see any problem with that. I remember talking to my friend Alex, Alex Rawlings, about um, his experience when he uh, taught English in Hungary for a while. And so, you know, Alex and I, for example, both kind of independent language learners. We learn ang uh, languages uh, by ourselves. And so we kind of, you know, what... what what we do is we try to uh, develop methods which are efficient, so we can learn faster rather than slower. Okay? We don't want to spend two years learning a language when we can do it in one. And um, he had just done a CELTA course, which is a fantastic teacher training course, and he went to teach group classes in Hungary. And um, the expectation of the school where he taught was that you should uh, teach only in English. You shouldn't use the student's mother tongue. And he was telling me about the frequent situations he found himself in where you, where he was having to explain a particular grammar concept or a particular vocabulary item in English where he could have quite simply given the students the translation into Hungarian and saved himself half an hour 
maybe not half an hour, five, depending on what it is, right? Five, 10 minutes in the process. And so you've got a real question of efficiency here. And then this kind of brings you to the question of, all right, is, what's the cost of translation? So in an, in an example, or rather, what's the cost of not translating? So take that classroom example, because it's very, very um, common around the world. And anyone who is a language teacher watching this will, will understand the situation. If you've got the, the ability to, to translate something quickly into the student's target language, uh, into the student's mother tongue, so they understand what it is, then what that does is that gives you the ability to deal with that particular language point and then get on with the lesson that you've actually planned, which is probably more productive than, say, than spending five, ten minutes trying to get the point across by remaining in the target language. I think often people fall into the trap of saying, well, if you avoid translation, if you only use the target language, and that gives you extra exposure and extra practice in the target language, therefore it's a good thing. But I think that's flawed thinking because there's always a cost to that. And so in the case of a, a language classroom, as a teacher, you can often find yourself spending ages trying to desperately to explain something using mime or diagrams or whatever, or paraphrasing in the target language, during which time you're losing the time that you needed to actually get on with and teach the lesson that you planned, which is probably more valuable. So I think it's a bit of a red herring to say that um, it, that, Staying in the target language for the sake of it is a good thing because you get that extra exposure because there's, there's always a cost uh, to those things. But where I think the critics of translation as part of a, uh, of a language learning methodology have a point is in the argument that, well, the less you translate, the more uh, you are able to uh, think in the target language. And this is an important point because what often happens to, to people once they progress beyond the beginner stage is that they're learning for a while and they say to themselves, well, you know, I've been learning this language for some time, but I still can't think in the target language. I find myself constantly translating back and forth to English. Uh, and this is a problem because I'm aware that this need to translate back and forth into English is preventing me from developing a certain kind of fluency in the language I'm learning. And this is the point where I think you do need to make a conscious effort to move away from translation. And for me, I think this, this starts around the intermediate level, um, where you know, you're, you're at a point where you can, you can deal with most common situations in the target language. You have enough basic vocabulary and knowledge of grammar and patterns in the language to, to deal with it, albeit with, with some struggle. But that's the point where you really can start to immerse yourself in the language and to, to learn to, to improve by, you know, through exposure, through extensive listening, through extensive reading. And at that point, I think you do want to start to m make the shift away from relying on translation to trying to understand things in the, in the target language. Because even if there's a struggle there, there is definitely a point where that struggle with what you're trying to understand is extremely beneficial because it just expands your zone of comfort. It enables you to deal with a, a wider variety of situations and ultimately makes you, a, makes you a stronger learner. So over the course of learning a language from beginning to end, if there is such thing as an end, you definitely do want to move away from relying on translation. But certainly in the early stages, um, I think whilst you're still getting to grips with the fundamental grammar of the language, I don't see anything at all wrong with using translation. Um, I personally use translation a lot on, with flashcards and activities and, and, and things like that. Um, in courses that I make, like conversations material, for example, which is designed to improve your listening skills, I, I provide the translation with that because 
I, I don't want you to look at it until you've processed, until you've spent a good amount of time with the, with the material in the target language. But there comes a point where you have a, you have a need for certainty. And you have a need to understand um, as best you can what's being said, and that's why you know I, I always try to provide these these translations there because they do help to to reduce that uncertainty and give you the, the confidence in what in what you've uh, what you've been spending your time on. All right, so there are some some thoughts on on translation. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. So go ahead and leave me a comment down below in the comment section. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you'd like more like this. And I'll see you in the next video. Bye from uh, Hong Kong. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.